Welcome to the 167 Podcast, a podcast to inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Our goal is to help you live into the 167 hours of your week away from church. And now your host, Shannon Patterson. Well, hey, Porch Community, and welcome to episode 63 of the 167 Podcast. I'm Shannon Patterson, the lead pastor here at the Porch Community Church, as always with my good friend, Josh Harrell. Hello, Josh. Hey, Shannon. How's it going? It's going fantastic. Yeah? Yep. Life is good. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, everything's going great. Good, good, good. And uh, how are you? I'm good. All right. All's good. We're all good. good. Yeah. Okay. Hey, we're not alone. Do you feel someone? The presence? The Holy Spirit? Yes. And not only the Holy Spirit, but... Kristen Memory, our kids' pastor and administrator. Wow. Hey, Hi. welcome to the show again. Again, two weeks in a row. It's wow. like I'm famous. <laughs> How does that make you famous? I don't know. Because we asked you the twice. People, that, people ask me twice. The people that listen to this podcast already know who you are, though. You like me. You really like me. <laughs> we'll let you sit at our table. Oh, thanks. Yeah. But you didn't wear pink. I didn't. So. No, it's not. Oh, it is Wednesday. It is Wednesday. <laughs> On Wednesdays, we wear pink. We wear pink. So, um, yeah. All right. So we have a lot to talk about. Yeah. So, um, and Josh and I are about to record and Kristen is sitting there knitting. What are you doing? I'm not knitting. What, what is it? We're making a craft tonight for <laughs> porch kids. And this is the part that's a little too challenging for them. So I want to help them along. So that it's not challenging for so you So that I'm not later challenged tonight. Later. You tonight. and the leaders. Me and yeah. the leaders. So, okay, yep. so yeah, you were doing something with yarn. We were and doing yarn, and we're going to weave and okay. talk about Jesus and the friend who came through the roof. Oh, all right, cool. Yep. It'll all come together. All right. Fantab- fantabulous. We'll have have a good time with that We will weaving. have a good time. Um, so, yeah, so I said, hey, Kristen and Josh and I are about to record. You want to jump in on this conversation? Because we were all here last night, and a lot of other people from our church, about, I don't know, 90, 100 people, yep. were here last night to hear from our friend, Reverend Jimmy Towson, who's at Park Avenue, and we asked him to come and speak. He has been actually going all around South Georgia area for the last couple of months. I know Kristen and I went and heard him near Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving. time um, in Tifton, but he has been going around and speaking and just talking about, here's what's going on in the UMC. There's presenting issues. There's deeper issues. We're going to talk about that more in a moment. Um, and then here are the possibilities for going with the church. And there are things that we talked about last week. And it was one. It was funny. I want to get y'all's impression of last night in a moment. But I will say, uh, as I sat there and heard him talking, I was like, I was thinking to myself, okay, good. We said that part right. Okay, good. When we were talking last week, we got that part right. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I think we did every. I think we covered it pretty well he just as much he he covered it really like the presentation is just oh really yeah spot on. So, it was great so um because we're in this place and the whole reason we're having this conversation if you haven't listened to the last couple episodes um is that we are at this as a local church we are looking at the issues with the larger denomination and saying okay this isn't this nothing's changing let's move forward and so we've kind of been in this we not kind of we are in this process of of pursuing and having conversation about disaffiliation and so that's the reason we asked jimmy to um be here and all that so i wanted to ask you um josh i'll ask you first what was your impression of 
last night and just kind of every I don't know just how'd you think last night went before I give my impression I just want to say a thank you to Jimmy for coming last yeah, night and sure. yeah, giving absolutely. the presentation he's taking time out of his busy schedule as a lead pastor and going around to all these churches and giving this information that is that is a lot of information and he's taking a lot he's taking a lot, a lot trying to get people to or trying to help people understand the entire structure of the the top down of the Methodist mm-hmm, church and mm-hmm. how, and how the conferences work and how the decisions are being made on and how this timeline and he's taking he's putting all this presentation together and he's going out and telling all these churches about it and it's just an incredible presentation that he did last night and just thank you for coming and sharing with us it really helped out mm-hmm, for sure for Definitely. sure yep. and so one thing that he really helped me see is like the uh, he called it option two in his presentation was the yes. disaffiliation mm-hmm, mm-hmm. process that it that the way it was created and the way it ends because it's supposed to end on like December 31st 2023 mm-hmm. but you have to have everything in by April, April 1st, 1st. Mm-hmm. 2023 and it it the way <coughs> I thought it was before was kind of like you if you're gonna do this you better do it or we're gonna get you <laughs> but the way it was established at the 2019 yes. uh, general conference mm-hmm. was that the protocol would have already been voted on in 2020. That was the assumption, yep. And that disaffiliation process would still be going on right. up till 2023. Yeah. As like people made was, their decisions. Yeah, as if there, there was, was like three years worth of, or, you know, of three and a half really of and, and then people being d- able to make that choice. Right. Yeah. And with that being with it being set up that way, of course you don't leave it open ended forever, right? Right, right. It's got to close. Mm-hmm. It was for a purpose, yeah. for a specific time. So but, it wasn't like a nanny nanny boo boo. Yeah. you didn't make it. Yeah. But and see, because we're because we're on the back end of that now, it it, it almost feels, feels like that. that yeah, way. Mm-hmm. yeah. But it it wasn't. There was no hearts that created it to feel that way. Sure, sure. And because of the way, I mean, I'm blaming COVID because of the way COVID did everything. Uh huh. 2020 didn't happen 2021 didn't happen and we'll know in a couple days that 2022 is going to happen covid is not responsible for 2022 uh, <clears throat> oh did i say that out loud that oh was, i did that was oh, a loud voice oh, that was, i didn't mean to say that so kristen what was your reaction to uh last I, night i thought it was really really well done it took a lot of information and put it into a very simple format for everyone no matter kind of you know i'm on the side where i, I know a lot about it mm-hmm. um but if you walked in that room and this was the first thing, time you'd ever heard, like it all made sense. There were things that I picked up on it that I didn't know. I didn't mm-hmm. know about like like what Josh said a minute ago. I wasn't aware that it was created for a purpose, for a time, for the disaffiliation clause. Um, and it really helped me because I have a terrible time uh, remembering all of those conferences. That mm-hmm. We have annual conference and we have general conference and we have a church Jur- conference and there's a jurisdictional one. And I can never remember which one is which and what happens where. So I just really appreciated the refresher and the visuals on the screen so that I could kind of keep them all straight in my head. So he really did do a great job covering what it's about, why, why we needed to do this, why we needed to move forward and, you know, just giving everybody the information that they needed to make sound decisions. Yeah. And if you go, um, we discussed this in a much more conversational setting in episode 62 last week, the four of us on staff. And, and pretty much covered m- most of the same material. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, one of the things I found interesting, Kristen, is that because things are constantly changing, is that is not the exact program that he um, gave when you and I went in November. It was not. Because things have changed yep. since then. Yep. 
and so um, I found that just really more about the options before yes. us than about the 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 build up to why. And um, you know, we had some people ask, "Hey, are you recording or live streaming?" And, and we didn't do that last night, but I can direct you to. Um, Park Avenue United Methodist Church website, and you can click on um, UMC, um, I think, uh, UMC Resources or UMC something. Someone there, I hear lots of clicking now. They're looking it up. But um, Kristen's a quicker typer than Google I Google activated. There's a, um, there's a series of videos that they have put out, and there's one in particular called The Theological Divide. And um, I highly recommend. It's also on YouTube. So if you went to, if you, you if you put in, you know, Park Avenue UMC and Theological Divide in your YouTubes, then it would show up. You can also go to Park Avenue's website, which is paumc.com, and scroll to the bottom, and you will see. Um, it's called State of the UMC Resources. It's there a red go. little talk box on the homepage. Yeah. On the homepage, down at the bottom, right next to Family Supper Night. Uh-huh. So you can so find you, out what's for supper. You can find out what's for supper, out. and then you can find out the state of the UMC uh-huh. all in one fell swoop. Yeah, so you could have maybe some turkey and dressing, mm-hmm. and know about all that. So know about you never all know. That stuff. That's <laughs> right. So, but no, they're really good videos that they've they've done through the time. But that, especially the one on the theological divide. And there's others as well. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one update that I wanted to add um, for those who listened to episode 62 last week. And it is this, when we talked about our process of um, disaffiliating, the amount of to disaffiliate, and even in the survey, because we did, we've, we put out a survey to um, our folks. And if mm-hmm. you hadn't filled that out, yeah, you got yep. an email about it. it. So if you are... You have till Friday. Yes, you do. You have till Friday. So if you are a ministry partner or you call this your church, um, then if you received an email or a text from mm-hmm. us... Then, then we have you in our database, and um, and so you received that survey. Of course, we're not putting out in social because then it could go just anywhere, all over the place, and you know, and we so we want to make sure we're hearing from the folks that are actually connected and and part of the porch community church, just so, to get some ideas of. So, if you didn't receive an email or a text message, email me, Josh at theporchcc.com, and we'll put you in those databases. We surely will. Yep. So, so in that, um. In that survey and then in a podcast podcast last week, I mentioned a number uh, that would might we might have to pay in order to disaffiliate our apportionment slash fees, as I referred to them. And I, I went to the high number of like $190,000. Mm-hmm. And in looking at numbers and looking at the scenario and, and what disaffiliation would look like, I was off and... Um, but I'm glad to say I was off in a good way because it's going to be more like only half of that. Yep. So around a hundred thousand should be you know? just under. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just a much more. I mean, that's a that's a, you know. That's still a lot. It's still a hundred thousand dollars. It's a lot of money. It is. Um, in the bigger picture of things, though, it is. It's a. Um, I think it's an investment in the future of the Portage Community Church. So, um, <clears throat> any other thoughts about last night? I thought the questions that. Um, those who were present asked were really good, really thoughtful. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it wasn't any, you know, sometimes you, you, you have kind of an open mic and it's like, oh, goodness, anyone's going to want to say <laughs> just whatever. But every question that was asked was very thoughtful. And it to me, I was just like, these are these are really good questions to be asked um, 
from prayerful, thoughtful people who who really do care about the church. That's really that was my vibe of the questions yeah. is that and, our people really, really do care, and not that I thought they didn't, mm-hmm. but I just heard it. And even outside of just the questions from last night, questions that I've been getting mm-hmm. since we kind of went, since we started this process, right? You know, it's it's all conversations or all questions about aspects of either our church specifically mm-hmm. or the UMC altogether of aspects of it that they love and that they're passionate about and they want to know the outcome of whatever that is yeah, yeah. on the other side. Yeah. yeah, every conversation I've had with anybody has been very gracious, has been, you know, no matter where they stood on the issues, we've had open conversations where we've been able to, like, talk through and, mm-hmm. you know, for me to give information that I have that they might not have been aware of, um, even when they share their opinions, I've felt very, you know that it's all come from a place of grace and love yeah. and trying to move forward. For sure. For sure. Well, so speaking of questions, um, the questions that you all have heard that I've heard, you know, or Josh has heard as well. I, what I thought I might do, and you guys might have a few examples that I don't, haven't thought of, but I wanted to take the time together in, in this episode, episode, uh, episode 63, as if you need to know that you're already listening to it. Um, but, to answer these, I have four questions that have kind of come up, and they've come up in meetings and conversations and from people. And and um, one of them is, okay, who will we be on the other side of this? Who will the Porch Community Church be on the other side of this? Um, the other one is, who do we hate? <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it is what it is. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a question. question. Um, the third one is, is all this really a big deal? Is it really as big a deal as... as we're, you know, Shannon seems to make it out to be. And the fourth one is why now, which we've already kind of waded into those waters a little bit time, you know, talking about timeline, but we'll talk mm-hmm. more. Yeah. Um, and so I thought we could address those. And then if you guys, if there's others that pop up that you all think of that have either come to you or you've it, you know, engaged in those conversations, maybe in your community groups mm-hmm. um, or whatever, we can, we'll, we'll touch on those as well. Um, so here's, let's start with the first one. Um, is, is there really such a kind of the whole, like, like, is this really a big deal kind of thing? Um, and that's a very short version to, I think if a, the bigger question might be, um, is, is there really such a wide difference going on theologically, doctrinally in the United Methodist Church as, as we discussed last week, and if you were here last night, as you heard us discuss last night, is there really such a huge difference in understanding of the things of God? Um, and I would say the short answer to that is yes. yes. <laughs> um, because uh, issues of the authority of Scripture, uh, the virgin birth, resurrection, that did, did, did it not happen? Or the question of the divinity of Christ, the questions of, of, about the Trinity, um, that we don't need confession and repentance because it makes people feel bad, or that the, the visual and the idea of the crucifixion is offensive to people, those things. Yeah, you, you, I like. <laughs> he's just he's just you like just getting. See it. He's just. <laughs> I like. I know you went through seminary, and this this stuff really doesn't surprise uh-huh. surprise you with like your other classmates that you had in school. Sure, but I mean, this blows my mind. Well, that I, didn't, I didn't have is, anyone in class like Jimmy was talking about, yeah. and mm-hmm. he did say he went to a progressive seminary, you know, and but he already had a good foundation. I went to a. a pretty conservative seminary. I went to Asbury. 
and so I didn't hear these conversations going on, but I know there were some that thought this way. But but okay, so if we debate these things, <laughs> are you? We're not talking about Christianity. Are what we? what part right. of Christianity brings you to the church? Yeah. Well, like, why are these people pastors? Oh, I I don't know. A good gig? I don't know. Like seriously, <laughs> if you're not if you're not preaching this stuff, I know. What are you preaching? Why have you joined a well, Christian like, organization? Is it is it that therapeutic, moralistic deism? deism? Yes, mm-hmm. it's like, that. It's like relativism. It f- it's subjectivism. We're talking this Sunday about universalism. It's all all, all of those and others. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, you had a, another conversation outside of this podcast about a, people not agreeing in the Methodist Church. Uh-huh. But this is the stuff they're not agreeing about. Right. This is like the simple stuff. Yeah. This is the, the foundation. Basic, like Christianity 101. Yeah. Like that we just went over with our middle school students. Yeah. And the mm-hmm. journey weekend. Like, I, I, like who is God? Well, he's the creator of all things. Oh, well, I'm not sure about that. Some people might want to say. Like, I <laughs> like, I'll, I enjoy debating mm-hmm. stuff in the Bible. Like, is it old earth or new earth or, uh-huh. and, and stuff like that. But this kind of stuff is not up for question with me. Right. Like, if you tell me that... As a Christian, it shouldn't yeah. be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we forget. Like, we live in such a, a bubble of Christianity down here that it just... There are lots of other people in the world who don't... Like, most people down here, if you said this, wouldn't disagree. Yes, but... I okay. think that bubble's about to pop. I, oh, it's very okay, close, but, for sure. But can we really just say that it's a regional thing that it's like geography based well, i don't think so well when you said but we are in the geography no, we based are the we Bible are bit. right we yeah. are but it's like what has occurred that would make it so that in the northeast part of the united states or the the um west you know northwest part of the u.s or whatever that when we talk about christianity with the with the name Christ in there, that that it's actually debated about who he really is and what his role really was, and that that's going on in churches, in denomination. And I'm not talking like some wackadoodle, some you know, just one little church of thirty people somewhere meeting in someone's living room, but like these are like denominational concerns, and and yet that's what's going on. So it's just it's just really really interesting that that this is happening so the question is is this is there really such a big difference going on within the united methodist church the answer is yes mm-hmm. i have a quote i want to read from uh reverend bob phillips who is from an embattled uh conference the illinois illinois i can't believe i just did that because i was For reading shame. it off the i never say For illinois shame. the illinois great rivers conference that is just like I'm not even from there, and I'm offended for the people of <laughs> Illinois because I said Illinois. Anyway, um, but but Bob Phillips is from the Illinois Great Rivers Conference, and it is an embattled conference. There's a lot going on up there. Uh, he's also a member of the Wesleyan Covenant Association, and he uh, writes this, answering the, the wide difference in doctrinal understandings question. He says this, The existing United Methodist Church offers a theologically schizoid big tent in which the incarnation of God in Christ through the miracle of the virgin birth did and did not happen. 
The miracles and bodily resurrection of Jesus did and did not happen. And the new birth is and and is not a transcendent movement of the Holy Spirit that ushers one toward the kingdom and away from hell, which does and does not exist. And Christian marriage is and isn't the union of one man and one, one woman. Jesus is and is not the way, the truth, and the life. Woof. He goes on to say, in light of scripture and the great universal creeds of the church, the interpretation of scripture is a legitimate dimension of discipleship, but it has become an anything goes black hole that renders essential convictions optional or incoherent. How long will you go limping between two opinions, said Elijah to the Israelites? Boom. Wow. Roasted. I mean, like he just. <laughs> I mean, he said it all. What else? Yeah. I, I have nothing. He said it perfectly. And I also didn't understand it at the same time. I understood <laughs> it perfectly and I didn't understand it at the same time. Right. Like, like without like, the second uh, paragraph, I would have been like, uh. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's just I mean, like, you can we, have, we it's just live as you in can... this schizoid big tent where. You'll have one church saying, eh, the incarnation, I don't know, another one, same sign out front going, of course, the incarnation of Christ. Yes. But I mean, it goes back to the, you can have whatever you want. Just pick and choose. It's all universal. Universal. So Anything you want. Methodist churches had their cake and have been eating it too. They are trying. <laughs> Seems to be doing a pretty good job. So yes, to go back, is this all really such a big deal? Yes. Yes, it is. It certainly it's, is. Without these things, it's not Christianity. Agreed. It yes, is, it is a agreed. it is a self coaching or a life coach. Yeah, tr- it's a meeting. motivational Monday. It's, yeah, it's Pat a life coach back. meeting. Yeah, I think it's a uh, make make me feel make me feel okay about myself. I don't know. I don't know. That's kind of how I view mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Is okay. There's probably a creator, so I'm gonna call myself a Christian and go here, but I'm gonna question every single thing about oh, yeah. who God is. Mm-hmm. And that ties right into what Justin was talking about on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so that's one of the questions. Is this all really such a big deal? Here's the other one. Um, this is a question. Does does the porch hate gay people? Like making this decision, talking about disaffiliation, moving in, in the direction of, of um, disaffiliating from the United Methodist Church, And for this one, I would say the short answer is absolutely not um, for the simple reason that God does not hate gay people. Um, Now, the opposite of hate is love, which is a fantastic, wonderful word, love. God loves all people. Unquestionably, um, this is evidenced by his sacrificial love for us found in Jesus who took on our sins so that we might be saved and sanctified. And here's the thing though, and this is where we get into these nuances is that God's love doesn't look much like human love at all. Um, one of those, you know, I've, I've said this for many years when we talk about like the, the Greek words for love versus our one English word for love, you know, there's like, um, 
Eros and Agape, um, Phileo, Phileo yeah. Fish, yeah. <laughs> Philadelphia. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, and I'm like, you know, here's the difference, though, with our English. It's like, I love God. I love pizza. Like, there's, <laughs> it's like we don't really have. And so we have to keep that. There's this nuance. And, and what we need to understand, and this is where I think many, many, many roads begin to diverge when we start talking about love and how that love looks because as human beings we dilute love we just do because we, we don't understand it we're we broken yeah we and then because of that we redefine love because then i'm like i love my pizza you know it's like well, what is you know and we recycle love and uh, what i mean by that is um it seems like we're able to really throw it around a lot to a lot of people to a lot of people through our lives and our relationships and to things. Well, it, and we just kind of recycle that love. And it, that's not how... It's, yeah. it's kind of like those like awesome and amazing. It was these words that... These terms, yeah. That meant so much that oh, we yeah. started using them that mm-hmm. we've diluted the meaning. Yeah, yeah. Even from our finite understanding mm-hmm. of the top-level term. Yep. Even, because even our uh, top-level love of how we say we love God is no comparison mm-hmm. on how he loves us. Right, mm-hmm. right. And so when you start, to, th- this is what I'm thinking about. With So with God's love, God's love, it is, and, and you, I'm at, you, know, you talk about the words awesome and all that. It's like I'm at a loss for this, but I, it, right in my notes, I was trying to think about this. It's like God's love is blindingly powerful. Like for us to even try to view his love, to try and take it in, like it is, it's too much. And, but what it does is his love, it reaches into the depths of who we are and it exposes those places that are hidden from his life. It's like, it's impossible not to. It's like pouring oil into water. Like there's going to be a separation. Like they're not, they're not going to coalesce. I mean, there, there's going to be a separation. And when we allow God to impact our lives, there's going to be a, a, a separation of what is good and holy and what is not. It's just the way his holiness works. We don't define that. We cannot control his holiness. I cannot say that God is holy and then dictate to him how his holiness is going to affect my soul and my spirit and my and and all that I just can't do it. Am I preaching? I'm sorry. I'm going into here. So here's the thing. So um, his his love is so powerful and blinding and it reaches in those places and it just seeks out those places and it and shines his brilliant light in there. And what should be happening then is this overwhelming sense of us to seek forgiveness for the sin that has been revealed that we have realized in our life that there's a desire to be saved from ourselves that for us to understand that justification comes through Jesus Christ like he's a real he he really is real mm. <laughs> um, exactly and then and then this this living uh, into sanctification this this moving on this living into our faith and so for those who encounter this blindingly brilliant light of God's love found only in Jesus, we, like each and every one, we should be brought to our knees with this realization. We should fall on our face um, in, in, the, in the discovery or the uncovering, if you will, of the entirety of the darkness that is within us, sin, 
each and every single person, not some people who need to change, not those people who are not like me, not that group of people, but me and you and every soul drawing breath. We are each in desperate need of God's love found through Jesus Christ. So, Amen. <laughs> and now let us pray. So does the porch hate gay people? Did, some might go, did you answer the question? I would hope that the answer you just heard was no, we do not. Because we are people who are dependent on God. This is our understanding of who God is. This is our understanding of where we stand with him. Our place with him is because of Jesus Christ. And so his love for all people is the same what love we have for all people. I love the verbiage in the United Methodist Book of Discipline that says every single person is of sacred worth. And that is so very true. And the worth, and this is where I think is important to note, that worth is because of Jesus. He put that price on us, that sacred worth. He put that price on us. And so um, we don't hate gay people. Yeah. I don't know. Thoughts? Y'all want to chime in? No. I think no. We don't hate gay people. No, we don't. I'll say it again. We don't hate gay people. <laughs> no. Not even a little bit. I have I have opinions. But D- um, don't we all? Yeah. Don't we all? Well, look, well, tell me what you're thinking. Like, let's Well, so did I address the question? Yes. Okay. But I don't think you addressed what they say, what people say mm-hmm. a church means when like I that they use hate is a wrong term. Okay. But I think what they're what what they're trying to ask is why aren't you supportive or affor- affirming? Sure. I think that's the more I think that's the question that they're really asking. Mm-hmm. Is okay. because if you look at Christianity yeah, you. and you look at how we are as a pastoral staff and how we are as a church, there's no question that we don't hate gay people. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So, I mean, I, I think that's easy for us yeah. to agree. Yeah, on. I think I think from a church, from a pastoral staff, from even at the Methodist church level, mm-hmm. the church doesn't hate sure. gay people. Yes. Mm-hmm. So the question, like, yeah, what affirming. they're really asking is, why don't y'all support and affirm? Okay. Gay people. I can, well, can I, I would have to, I would have to make an amendment or an addendum to that question of why we don't support or uh, affirm gay people. Um, In looking at scripture, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, the people who are, the human beings who are affirmed or, well, and I don't even know if that's the right word. I, I think they're using those, I think people are using those words. I think they're, they've lost their meaning as well as, mm-hmm. as love has. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so I'm, I'm, I'm using terminology sure. that people use. Yeah. I would say that looking at scripture, the way that God deals with humanity. Mm-hmm. So not differentiating between man, woman, uh, nationality, ethnicity, uh, any, every single human being. Um, he has 
made a way for us to be in relationship with him through Jesus Christ. And in that relationship, our lives are changed mm-hmm. and we are, we are made to live into how he created us to be. Mm-hmm. And that is the kind of, why do we have to extend that, that definition? Why do we have to add sentences onto that? Am I, am I speaking yeah. to this right? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So yeah, I hear your question, but I think it's, I, because I, I, I think that's more the question that they're at, like that's being asked. Yeah. Uh, and, I don't, and I, and I think the, the using the, the hate question is basically, I want you to shut up. Well, I think it's just real. I, on, when I hear someone say the hate thing, and I don't want to cut you off, Go ahead. so hold your thought. When I hear someone use the term hate, like, oh, you hate gay people or you hate whatever, you know, is it's as if they are at a, the, the person who uses that term is at a lack. They're lacking being able to um, express all the emotion and feeling and, um, I don't know. You could even say political stuff. I mean, culture, all of that stuff that's wrapped up into that that word and going, oh, you just hate gay people because well, there's just so much to it. Be, be, I mean, I'm I'm the first one to go. I challenge anyone to even prove that the four people on st- uh, pastoral staff or that the Porch Community Church hates gay people because there's n- we don't. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think any answer other than yes, we affirm, yes, we are going to, you know, agree with you and what you do 100%. That answer is backing anyone who's asked Uh into a corner. It's backing you into a corner and forcing you to either agree with them or start an argument with them. I don't Uh, feel like it's ever asked in true love and true compassion and true understanding and trying to get to the point of just seeing where the other person is. Yeah. And saying, you know what? I see you. I see we have different opinions. I mean, I like I will say without a shadow of a doubt that I don't hate gay people. But that question is never ever asked in a sense of love. I feel like all of the questions in the way we've worded them today, we are trying to respond in grace. We are trying to respond in kindness. We are trying to respond the way that God and the Holy Spirit would want us to the way Jesus, if he were sitting here in this room, Uh would respond. But at the same time, I don't feel like that same respect and kindness and understanding is given from the other side. Mm -hmm. It's, it's not there. I mean, Jimmy said something last night about when they voted at annual, annual conference, general conference, general conference, conference, thank you. General conference. And how, how, when things voted, for when conservatives would win a vote and I'm putting win in air quotes because I don't Mm. feel like it's a win um like the amount of vitriol and hatred that would come from the crowd there but when the progressives would win a vote there was nothing there was silence and I just feel like that is where we're we're stuck we're stuck with like this lack of compassion from people who disagree with us Uh uh-huh and I would never, even with people that I disagree with on anything, I'm going to try to respond with as much compassion and grace as I can. Yeah. Because I've been called to love everyone. Yeah. And I, I don't feel like that same respect is given from the other party. Yeah. 
And, you know, we did a episode, goodness, I don't even know how far back now, um, when we talked about, like, the Gnostics and, mm-hmm. and different uh, faiths or different religions, if you will, uh, ways of thinking. And, and there was this, you know, uh, mindset of, um, well, I have a greater understanding. I've risen to this point of greater understanding. And I could see how someone on a progressive side would go, oh, well, all you conservative people, you think you have the greater understanding that, and I'm just unable to see it. But then also from the conservative side, what you can, you feel like there's times when that's thrown on you as like, no, we really know the definition of love. And why don't you understand this greater definition? And, um, and I think that's just a a human thing that we're, Mm -hmm. we're never going to quite see that. And so I just, for me, I just got to keep bringing it back to scripture. I just got to keep bringing it back to scripture. I remember vividly several years ago, I was talking about, uh, was talking about the Bible <laughs> and, uh, in a message. And, um, I was talking about the idea of, um, this, this, I'm not talking about an Italian dish, but of prima scriptura. Okay. Which means scripture's primary, um, and it, it overrides everything else. So even your, you know, like for the Wesleyan quadrilateral, like our reason and our experience in the church, you know, tradition and the, and scripture, all those together, which one of those is primary scripture is primary. And mm-hmm. I remember vividly talking about that and making the point that if culture contradicts scripture, then you go with scripture. If your experience is contradicting scripture, then you go to scripture and allow the scripture to change your experience. If your reason is contradicting to scripture, then you, that's your reasoning. It's off. It's not the scripture that's off. And I remember vividly talking about that and that it like turned a, a couple of people, like they were like, all right, I'm out. Like they were done. Like they left the church because I made that what I thought was a basic statement on Christianity and our understanding and, and our lifting up scripture is high, higher than anything else. Um, and that was a really telling, um, moment, um, for that to happen. And I, I have to tell you, I keep kind of going back to that moment as I think about these things and these issues. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, I have something I want to share and I was going to share it at the end, but this, it fits so good with what we're talking about right now. that I think I am going to go ahead and uh, this was an article I shared yesterday, actually by JD Walt, who is the sower in chief at Seedbed. So sower in chief. that's what, that's his title. Like sower in chief, um, at Seedbed. And, um, he says this, it, he was talking about, um, this is talking about keeping Jesus at the center of it all. And, and this, again, I think is why it's frustrating for some people because let's just bring it back to Jesus. And if we want to talk about who's right, who's wrong, or whose sin is great or whatever, let's bring it back to Jesus and let's just own our own sin. And then let's be people that try to live in um, submission to Scripture. And, like, if we could all do that, you know, and, like, start here with the three of us. Oh, yeah, you know? for yeah. sure. So, um, so he was talking about... Um, God's word and that it being at the center of all and Jesus being at the center of all that is and was and ever will be that he is the resurrected ascended savior Jesus Christ that's what his word shows and and he and he said if we don't start there with that reality that we really are not beginning at all 
And again, I think this is where a lot of we diverge in so many directions because we're not starting at the center of Jesus. We're starting at the center of us. Mm-hmm. We're That'll putting step on your toes. We're putting ourselves at the center and then going, okay, I'm going to create this around me, this mindset, mm-hmm. this all religion, you know, we'll do whatever. Um, so as Christians, God's people, the church, only because we follow Jesus, going back, Josh, to what we is so frustrating, right? Yeah. Only because we follow Jesus, the center of it all, we, we've given, when we do that, we've given our past and our future to him, Jesus. And so Christianity is not some fluffy philosophy, right? We're going to be talking about universalism this Sunday. Um, but it's this holy union between Jesus Christ and his people. And so we should be compelled to reorient our entire lives around seeking him and his kingdom. And this is what he writes. He says, the big question we must reckon with is this one. Will we understand the church, Jesus? Will we understand the church Jesus is building, a chosen people, as a centered set or a bounded set? In other words, will we focus our attention around the center or the circumference. There is a great deal of fear and anxiety around determining the circumference. We fear if we do not nail down the boundaries, we will lose the center altogether. The opposite is true. If we do not fix our gaze on the ever clear and clarifying center of Jesus Messiah and his kingdom, all boundaries will become confused, irrelevant, and ultimately distract people from the central pursuit. And then he says this, and I could see how you could be on the progressive or the conservative side of this and go, oh, will we focus our energy around a shared pursuit of our common center? Or will we fix our attention on the circumference and defining the boundaries of who is in and who is out? Could you see how that could be used one Mm -hmm. way or the other? Mm -hmm. So, let me finish this kind of thought. So he, he goes, he's saying what he goes on to say is like that there isn't, this isn't some kind of universalism where everyone gets the benefit of the atonement and eternal salvation without really believing in much of anything or, or maybe believing in everything. This is about Christ centeredness. And if we clarify that center of who is Jesus, he says that the center will graciously define the d- circumference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's the point. Mm-hmm. That that conservatives are not defining the circumference. Progressives are not defining the circumference. That conservatives are not drawing the boundaries. Progressives are not drawing the boundaries. That we're not running around with giant um, erasers or you know going, oh, you made that line? Well, I'm about to push it back. Or, oh, yeah, you made that line? I'm about to go and expand it further. We're not the ones making these boundaries. God is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. His, he's defining this stuff. And I love this. He, he says the conversation will cease to become about who is in the circle and who is outside of it, but who is moving toward the center of it, who is Jesus. And so he poses this. Does this mean everyone will wind up in the church Jesus is building? He says probably not, but it's time to stop asking that question. It's the wrong question. The question that pleases Jesus is this one. How might everyone in my sphere of influence, in my sphere of life and influence, find and be found by Jesus? 
Mm. And of course, this has no hope of happening unless Jesus becomes a defining center of, of my life instead of me being the center of my life. You know? So instead of us telling people worry about yourself, we should be telling people to worry about Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what I'm hearing here is if we all worried about Jesus. Yeah, focus on Christ. We would focus on Christ. Be yes. a lot better off. Yeah. Yes. And I know I've said this at least a couple times on the podcast, and my communion group is probably sick of hearing it, but we did a book study like five years ago uh-huh. on the screw tape letters. Yeah. Mm, and the, Oof. the thing that has stuck with me, mm-hmm. it, like I will never forget it is the devil going or the demon going out they're bickering about so, so many things i can't get what i'm trying to influence him to work uh-huh and he goes is oh. he worried about jesus no then you win <laughs> exactly yep yep keep him keep him focused on that everything yeah. else yep everything yep. but jesus yeah yeah so you know i, I which, which it, goes back and walt says it perfectly goes back to that like if we're not defining our faith by Jesus, mm-hmm. then we're not defining a faith. Right. We're defining a self-help I, yeah. solution. I don't a even club? think he's saying that we have to define it. We don't have to define yeah, it. Jesus it's, has it's Jesus has yeah, defined yeah, yeah. it for us. Yeah. yeah, and if we just gravitate towards that, exactly. If we just move that. towards the center of the circle, what's happening behind us? Yeah, is not. I mean, yeah. We're, we need to stay in it, yeah, and focus on it, him. It, graciously, that, that the circumference will be will handle itself. Mm-hmm. And that's not really for us to it's draw. It's not my job. And, and draw, right. And I think, um, and so uh, I'm trying to, like from a pro- progressive standpoint, they might go, well, you're leaving the UMC because you don't like the circumference that's been drawn. Um, and I would say that, and, and Jimmy did a great job of this last night, talking about how for decades... Um, they've tried to be a consensus of this is what we believe. You know, I mean, our, our book says, our, our scriptures say this, our articles of faith say this, um, everything is saying this, but it's, but we're not living according to it or a lot of people are not. And so we're not leaving to draw a new line to say, you can't come in. We're just leaving to, I would hope, I hope is that we're leaving to go closer to Jesus. Mm Mm-hmm. And make sure that the 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 church, the, the local churches, and the denomination or associations that we have are those that are s- centered on Jesus and not on self or um, even what is uh, culturally or you know like what's okay. You know, mm-hmm. does that make sense? Yeah. Jesus is worth fighting for. A denomination is not. Mm, I like that. Did you say that? Jimmy said that last night. He Did didn't. He? he didn't say it in so many words, but that's what I took from it. Yeah. Like when he was uh, answering the question about what if we stayed and and we be the bad yes. guys for yeah. a while. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And that's what I got from that. His response was, "Jesus is worth fighting for. A denomination is yeah. not." Yeah. Which I think leads very well into the next question I that I've heard um, is that who who will we be? Who will the porch be? Um, if uh, when we disaffiliate from the United Methodist Church, who will the porch be? And the short answer to that is um, we will continue to be the porch community church. Uh, nothing changes about us at all. Um, we'll continue to share the gospel. We'll call for people to align their lives with God's word, hold that word up higher than anything else. I mean, I think that's just like, you know, where do you go with that? Jimmy put a stamp on it last night, and I saw you nodding your head hard when he, when he made <laughs> the statement. Uh, 
when he when someone when he was telling the story of someone coming up to him and go, people are going to leave Park Avenue because you're leaving the UMC, and he goes, why? Yeah. Because we're going to be the same church, we're going to love people the same, yeah, yeah. we're going to do the same ministries, and we're going and we're going to reach the gospel f- for Christ in internationally. Mm-hmm. He's like, we're not changing. Yep. Yeah. I told somebody the other day, I was like, if you walked in the church tomorrow, it was after a meeting that we'd had, you would notice no difference tomorrow versus six months from now. Whatever yeah. happens, we will still be exactly what. The, the night before the lights go off, the next day the lights come on. Right. Yep. We'll get in our cars. We'll do it all again. Yeah. And that's that, That's the, um, yeah, that's, we'll continue to be who we are and faithful to that. I, I told our community group that uh, leaving the denomination has, uh, ramifications on the back back end business side of our church uh-huh. and nothing really with what the church does on as a church yeah yeah for mm-hmm. for 95 percent mm-hmm. well and i think you know when we talk about who who we will be for those who are going well i don't i don't know who y'all will be so you say you're going to continue to be who who are you um you know, our that's what we want to be a, a strong uh, witness in our community. We want to have a you know we're Wesleyan in our doctrine. Um, you know, we don't we want to have that strong witness in I don't know whatever a fractured religious landscape, if you will. Um, so Bob Phillips, who I, I referenced earlier, um, out of the Illinois Great River Conference, you did it. Hey, Good job. He he also wrote this, and I really appreciated this um, because he he was differentiating between um, maybe some of the more uh, fundamentalist, um, you know, uber uh, reform type groups that are, oh, I don't know, maybe drawing circumferences with <laughs> with some some big old sharpies but he writes this he says the wesleyan traditional conservative orthodox movement i like jimmy last night was like you just pick your words on that um differs significantly from the skewed and often often dysfunctional or crassly political fundamental reform cultural presence he says wesleyan traditionalists are not joined at the hip with any partisan political movement or party I mean, that is very true because mm-hmm. you will have people from all across the spectrum politically who would say they're Wesleyan. Um, women are fully affirmed in all areas of ministry. Education and the life of the mind are embraced. We're not like, no, no, you shouldn't learn anything. Them, them books are bad. Um, <laughs> science and <laughs> science is okay. And the reality, like public education is okay too. It's not enemy of the faith. Like we'll be fine. Um, and that the biblically based prophetic witness for love of neighbor, there it is again, is not dismissed as an add-on, but it is a core metric for faithful discipleship. That's who we are. That's who I hope we be. And then he says this, and I thought this was interesting. There's a reason that studies indicate that of of the twenty somethings in the United States who who do get involved in church, seventy five percent of them gravitate towards churches that are evangelical and traditional in core beliefs and are outside the box in areas of worship and outreach and service and community. And gosh, I hope that that is who we are as a porch community church. Mm-hmm. I hope that that's, that's how people would see us. I would say it is. It's just too long to put on a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> we do love a t-shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So the fourth question that I've been asked is why now? Um, 
we we had a, a group get together uh, last week and one of the things i said after the meeting was is man i hope just people don't feel like we're just ramrodding this and and someone very honestly said is well yeah it kind of feels like that i mean this conversation might help but it kind of feels that way and i was like yeah i know i will say go back and listen to episode 62 around the 54 minute mark mm-hmm. because we talk about this timeline you addressed it earlier josh yep. that we are under right now um if we, if we want anything to happen in 2022, the clock is ticking right now. And so that's why now. And um, also because until now, and I use this term now as in, I don't know, the last year, the last 18 months, um, maybe the next 18 months or so, has been the first time um, that I, I think there's there's been a groundswell of uh, people, churches, church leaders who were like, we cannot continue this way anymore. Mm-hmm. And something's mm-hmm. got to change. Mm-hmm. And people have been holding out hope for the protocol, which is one of the reasons that we haven't really talked about it a whole lot. Um, why I don't talk about it on a Sunday morning, because we were really hoping the protocol for reconciliation and grace would happen and would allow churches to go graciously without a cost and align with a denomination that, that really suited them, even, you know, agree, disagree, whatever, go and do your thing Mm -hmm. and let's just quit fighting about it. Um, that's one of the reasons. Um, and so that's why we find ourselves where we are right now. And why now is that? Jimmy said last night that when this podcast comes out, there should be a meeting to determine whether General Conference 2022 is happening. They're meeting today, the day that this podcast Mm -hmm. comes out. So the following podcast, we will definitely have 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 an answer. For sure. For sure. So um, did you guys, that's that's all the questions I had. Have you all heard any other questions asked of you? Yeah. So there there, uh, have been some uh, questions asked that, um, I think we we have an answer for right now, and then there's some that we won't have an answer for until everything plays out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Stuart brought a, up a great question last night about what about the Wesley Wesley Foundation, and I've been asked that a couple times because it is mm-hmm. that's our for, college uh, that's our college co- ministry on campus, college ministry at our local college, mm-hmm. and our church is very involved with it. Mm-hmm. So it it it. A large demographic of our church will be affected if we're in a denomination that doesn't support the Wesley uh-huh. mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Or, you know, we don't know how that's going to play out. Like, will the new UMC want traditional Wesley mm-hmm. um, foundations yeah. in like, it? Like, will they put restrictions on Will they put restrictions they on what they can do and stuff like that? Will, will the GMC start a the, new... Wesley will they start something. a new thing, or will like the GMC like take over take Wesley. Wesley in in areas that the GMC is present? You know, there there's a lot of questions out mm-hmm. like that, and then there's other questions about like stuff that they love that the UMC does. Like they're one of the main denominations that do it, like a Ash Wednesday service, which is coming up next week. Um, stuff like that. Will we still be doing Ash Wednesday service? Yeah, will, for will sure. We, of course. Yeah. Will Will we do <laughs> communion? every month you know Mm -hmm. stuff like that that they never even really questioned before because not because we're tpcc because we're methodist Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. now they're going oh well i like this now i have that question yeah and they just don't know if the global methodist church will continue those kind of traditions right 
or if we're independent, will we continue those traditions as a church? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I yeah. think that was the the question. One of the ones that has been um, came up a lot was, are we going to be independent uh, indefinitely or independent only until we can align with a new denomination? And that's one of the things we ask in the survey, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which uh, I'm not going to share any results right now because I don't want to. It's not. Uh, it's not closed yet. It's yeah. Right. Time. Right. So, um, but I think that's a really good question for us to we and we don't have to answer it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is definitely a question that we will need to answer mm-hmm. um, going forward. And we'll rely on the our partners to make that decision yeah, for a, yeah, us. I mean, that's, that's right. completely that's a up to for the mm-hmm. for the partners to make. Yep. For sure. For sure. Not just the board or the staff. That's because, a full yeah. church because, decision. Like this whole thing is our church's decision. It's not just the four pastoral staff nope. deciding it's our churches or the ministry board nope. or the ministry board. It is, it is our, it is the ministry partner's decision mm-hmm. for what the shape of the Portage community church is. Yes. Yep. We just have to, you as the we're lead tasked pastor, with carrying out, carrying what out. They, yeah. Right. Well, and also, uh, as, as our shepherd that you make sure that we're aware of this. And if you see a big bag wolf coming, that, oh. that you help us to to address it. Yeah. You know, like that's that that's what you're and that's what you're doing in this is that you're bringing this to the church's attention and go, hey, we need to address this one way or the other. Mm-hmm. And I support our church either mm-hmm. way we go. That's right. That's right. But it's coming. We need to address it. Yep. For sure. Definitely. Yep. Woo. There's a lot going <laughs> on. That's a lot. Yeah. A lot. A lot. So, um. Well, thank you guys. Absolutely. Kristen, thanks for, thanks for having me. Happy birthday, Kristen. Oh, oh yeah. Happy birthday. Thanks. Thanks. What's it like to be 38? Not 38. Oh, 39? She's 48. Okay. <laughs> it's not polite to ask a lady her age. <laughs> That's not in the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be 37 tomorrow. Wait, today, I guess, when yeah. it comes out. Yeah. Yeah. I thought I saw gray hair, too. So. There's a couple up there. Yeah. You've met my kids. <laughs> Well, hey, uh, Porch Community, thanks for hanging in there with us. I know that um, these are big conversations and big topics, and and I know we all have um, our, our opinions and ideas. I would just encourage you to go to the Word of God and um, be in prayer for the church and be in prayer for um, all that is in front of us because Really, 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 truly, I said this in an email or a text, I don't know, to, to, to our <laughs> leaders recently, and I said, in all of this, I want our focus to be on uh, sharing the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, so that people are um, welcomed into his kingdom uh, through him. And that's really, really primary, and that's where we want to keep it. So let's keep doing that. And yep. then just a few housekeeping things. Oh, yeah. So when... Uh, we're going to have a called church conference coming up and we'll release that date as we soon as we do not know the date. We, don't, mm-hmm. we, we don't do not know the yet. date. Right. But as soon as we do, it will go out into all social media. It will go out in an email. It will go out in text message. Mm-hmm. If you don't have, if you're not ac- have access to that stuff, you need to figure it out. If you need to email me <laughs> at josh at the porchcc.com, please email me. We'll yeah. get, we'll get you the information you need. But we do digital publications, so if you're not receiving any, social media is your first bet, and then email and text message after that. Get that stuff. That's right. And then next week, we have our Ash Wednesday service. Wow. I cannot believe it is here. 
Yeah. That is crazy. That's so crazy. Six o'clock in the auditorium. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yeah, we're starting Lent. Lent. All right. Well, hey, thanks, Porch. Who are yeah. you? Who are we? Porch Community. <laughs> Before or after disaffiliation, we are the Porch Community Church. Be. Amen to that. All right. Well, we love you guys. We'll see you soon. See ya. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the 167 Podcast. Join us next time for more insights to inspire, challenge, and encourage to help you live into the remaining 167 hours of your week.